I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I am your host, David Burt, and with me, as always, is my my brother, the wonderful Nick Giet. Okay, it doesn't work as well for your name, but Nick's here. I mean, you could have like called me Nick Dagger. Nick Dagger sounds pretty cool, Nick actually. Da- Nick Dagger. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that now. Honestly, like my real last name is such a cluster word that uh, <laughs> yeah, I tried. Um, that Nick Dagger, I think, is preferable for all people. Yeah, dude, like go get your name changed to Nick Dagger. For the sake of this podcast, I'm going to do it. I mean, we'd probably get a lot more listeners. <laughs> they were like, have you heard this show? It's got some guy named Nick Nick Dagger on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm really feeling this. Man, I'm just now imagining my friendship with Nick Dagger, and it's it's so cool. Wait. But what if I don't change my last name? I mean, that's that's fine, I guess. Oh. I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But we got a guest to try to, you know, buffer what's now become an awkward relationship. And yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a great guest, someone who does a show that's near and dear to our heart. He's going to tell us about it here in a minute. But it is James of Get the Crusts. James, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Now, James, Get the Crusts. I'm assuming that's a sandwich podcast where you were like, you know what? We are done with people cutting the crusts off sandwiches. We are pro crusts. I mean, how close am I on the base here? Yeah. So, you know, when we started the first three or four episodes, we were doing it. And then uh, we realized that we ran out of um, <laughs> sandwiches that we could talk about. Mm, and fair. I happened to be watching an episode of Digimon at the time. So we decided to talk about that instead. Okay. So, you, so it's a Digimon podcast. Yeah, so it's a weekly podcast where we, well, this is, I'll, I'll just do the intro to my podcast because I, I wrote it once and that kind of explains everything, but it's a weekly podcast where we take a deep dive into Digimon and we discuss our discoveries. So the way we do that, there's me, there's three other co-hosts, and uh, half of us are watching it for the first time and half of us have, you know, watched it back when it was kind of on its first run. And then on top of that too, Half of us are watching it in English, and then half of us are actually watching it in Japanese. So um, sometimes, oftentimes, our notes don't don't line <laughs> up at all. Uh, so if you know if you're ever so interested in Digimon, you want to get like so into the nitty gritty and like understanding why it was such a weird show in English and what exactly we lost from the Japanese. Um, you know, definitely give it a listen. Yeah, we on on this podcast, when we aren't able to like get a guest, we've started doing a uh, a little mini series where we're going not episode by episode, but we're going arc by arc through Digimon. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so we we've done Devimon, we've done Edamon, and we're we'll be jumping into uh, Myotismon when that uh, when when that presents itself. 
Uh, but can you answer the question of why why do so many Digimon wear pants? Why are there so many with just one <laughs> one shoulder pad? We got a lot of questions about their attire. You know, I can answer that question by saying the search for that answer has only led to more questions. Mm. So I have no idea, and I, I really wish I knew. But, you know, like that's... Uh, that is such a good question too, especially like um, just off the top of my head, you know, like Gabumon to Garurumon to wear Garurumon to metal Garurumon. Like he, he switches between being bipedal and quad, you know, quad pedal. And uh, it's just, it's so bizarre. I don't know if you've ever heard this joke, but um, I like people have always, like I've seen jokes or something that say like, oh yeah, Pokemon is like a cute, you know, like a cute animal or whatever, whereas Digimon is a dinosaur and then you give it guns. And <laughs> yeah, yep. it's yeah, it's basically that. It's true. Nick, do you have any questions for the the Digi expert? I I mean, the pants are always elusive, but uh, I was gonna say, is there a major difference between the English and the Japanese scripts, so to speak? Oh. <laughs> so much. Like I'm uh, sure there's like references that are obviously more palatable in in English, but like in terms of like the the level of I don't know drama the, the or existentialism or just like the way it's conveyed to the audience. Yeah, it's uh. So I would say that the like the Japanese original dialogue is a bit more subtle. Um, maybe on top of you know a lot. Of, more Japanese cultural references or whatever, but like the emotions have a lot more of nuance in them. Whereas the English dub has uh, none of that. And is kind of more of like a train, just like plowing through everything. Um, that's actually where the name of our podcast comes from, which is towards like literally the last arc air quote arc in the, it's like two episodes, but like the last, boss that they fight in uh season one um it's a it's a ridiculous line that the guy utters and like i i heard that on a rewatch and i was like uh, i gotta use that for something so <laughs> nice nice yeah i'm sure everybody listening to this right now is like oh great another digimon episode there was, yeah. what, have, what have what have we tuned into but Listener, I know you're still out there. You're still holding on because you want to hear us talk about our topic this week, the topic that James brought to us. It's not Digimon, but it does involve uh, the animals. I don't, oh boy. Why, I, I, I segued perfectly and then- They kept, do occasionally wear trying. pants. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of crossover actually it's between true. the two Yeah, the more, we, the more I think about it. Uh, but it is Angry Beavers. This late 90s, early 2000s animated kids show is all about Daggett and Norbert Beaver after they are forced to move out of their parents' house and become bachelor beavers in their own swinging bachelor dam, I guess. It's not quite a bachelor pad. It's a whole, it's a pad. It's a whole house. Such a cool house. Anyway, uh... James, you brought this here. So this is the part of the show where we talk about our own histories with the topic. What is your history with Angry Beavers, and why did you decide to bring it to the show? Well, I am old enough. I'm 30, and I am old enough to say that I was pro. I was like in that, you know, demographic for Angry Beavers, and uh, 
I grew up in a house in the suburbs with cable television, and I have a brother's two years older than me. So um, rather than going outside, we just spent a lot of time watching television, <laughs> and this show in particular was a favorite of ours. Um, I mean, we, bas- we basically had the TV on 24-7 and watched every Nicktoon, Cartoon Network show, Disney, anything like that. I am thinking about it... Um, because I hadn't, I haven't gone and rewatched Angry Beavers in a while. But thinking about it, I realized that I think the appeal for us to Angry Beavers was just because it was kind of like watching us mm. on television in the form of beavers. Um, like we lived in a, we lived in like a split level house. So my brother and I were always just on the bottom floor, uh, and my parents were always upstairs in their room. So we essentially had a whole florida the house to ourselves so mm. like watching them being bachelors by themselves doing whatever it is that you whatever it is that they wanted i felt it was sort of like oh that's kind of how we're living our life now i guess um but yeah it was always uh it was always one of those shows where you know you, you kind of surf through all the channels and you look for something and and it was colorful enough that you would know it immediately and then you know, always stop and watch. Like, I, I don't care what episode it is. I'll watch it. Very nice. I apologize for my computer trying to tell me to update uh, in the middle of your of your talk there. I, you know, now you is th- not the time. Now is not that you think you turn off all the notifications and one still sneaks by. Rude. Yeah, right. Nick, what about you and the Angry Beavers? I watched the Angry Beavers as a kid. Um... Probably during most, you know, during their initial run, as far as I can remember, uh, I remember enjoying it. Um, I wish I could offer some sort of personal like connection to it. I, I, it was definitely like in the rotation of the time, um, but uh, it's not something that I feel like really stuck with me, um, and ultimately moved on with my life. But here I am now. I'm back. Now you're watching the Beavers. I also uh, I watched it when it was on. I I think the th- not I don't think I know the three of us are all kind of a similar age. We're in the same age range, you know, early thirties is where we're landing. So we all kind of hit at the right spot for this show. I definitely loved it as a kid. I don't know if it's just the episodes you picked or if it's just Angry Beavers, but there was some of this that we were watching from the episodes that you had us watch, James, where I was like. Oh yeah, I remember this like perfectly, like the the, the talking spleen or like the 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 spleen movie from the first episode. Yeah, uh, I wish I'd written down. Like for some reason, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I remember this. Like I remember that exactly. Um, and then it was a show. You know, this is before buying stuff on DVD, like buying shows on DVDs was a thing, um, and it was like way before streaming. So it just eventually like stopped airing new episodes um and i do want to actually talk about the unaired finale a bit um but i i watched it on reruns i'm sure and then eventually it was no longer available to me uh and i think about it every once in a while I, I, especially the theme song that's another one that just uh I, I think I have a jukebox in my head because I talk about all the time uh, the theme songs that just live in there for rent free. So I think I have just like a jukebox of theme songs. 
And this is one that plays every once in a while and just gets like stuck in my head. Um, but it wasn't until now that I'd had a chance to ever rewatch it kind of on my own time, on my own terms. Don't have cable, so I don't know if it's still, you know, they throw it. I know they, Nickelodeon doesn't play most of their old shows anymore, so I'm not sure when it would ever air. This, without this right here, I don't know when I would ever watch it again. So it was a nice little treat for me. But did it hold up? Would I watch more? We're going to get to all that. Before we do, though, Nick, can you tell us about the world's history? with Angry Beavers? I sure can. This is Nick Dagger, but to tell you the history. Uh, Angry Beavers was created by Mitch Shower... Shower... Sure. Yep. Sure, probably. Mitch was created by Mitch, whose previous credits, uh, specifically as a storyboard artist, an animation layout artist, or a producer, include Garfield and Friends, Freakazoid, uh, which he won an Emmy for, Rocco's Modern Life, and Hey Arnold. Uh, he co-developed Angry Beavers with Keith Kaczorek, who did not have a wiki page for me to riff from. Uh, the show was inspired from Shower's time in Oklahoma, where he was homeless and saw beavers in a nearby river. He also said that shows like The Pink Panther, The Flintstones, and Rocky and Bullwinkle were major influences on the show. Shower often butt heads with Nickelodeon, with the channel instituting what Shower thought were frivolous constraints on the show's content. The show aired in April 1997 and proved to be really popular, lasting for four seasons. Interestingly, the final episode, Bye Bye Beavers, which includes the beavers being served a cancellation notice during the show and voicing criticism of Nickelodeon, was never aired. And I wonder why. Shocking. Yeah, I remember hearing about this episode. Um sometime after the cancellation uh back when the internet was was very different so like you you know you could read these reports and read these things and it became this sort of like mythical idea um but i really kind of became like enamored with it um and i really wanted to find it and the episode doesn't actually as far as i know i don't know if they ever actually animated it or if an animated version still exists but there is the audio and I will drop some of that audio into here so people can hear because it's it's pretty funny them like realizing they're getting canceled and breaking the fourth wall and, and really uh, going with it. Of course you don't. I've never told you this before because I was afraid your tiny and feebled mind couldn't combobulate it. We are a cartoon. Ah! We aren't real. We're animated characters in a cartoon. Real beavers don't have appliances. Yeah. They don't use bathrooms. And they don't talk. Poor thing. I just, I wish that I'd had a chance to see it or had a chance to be, like, released. Because that's such a, like, great idea. And I get why Nickelodeon didn't want them to air it. But still. But let's start at the beginning. Let's go back. Because we watched the first episode uh, where the beavers get kicked out of their home because their mom just pops out a couple more kids. What if that was how life worked? Honestly. Anytime a new kid comes around, it's like, hey, we're sick of you. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, especially if, uh, yeah, especially if you were like pretty close in age with your siblings, you know, just like a, just like a two or three year old just outside is like, all right, I guess I have to find employment now. <laughs> just learn how to walk, but uh, you know. Yeah, I guess I'll build a, I'll build shelter out here. <laughs> right, like you're comparatively like five years old, but you 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 got to join the workforce and, and and make that money. Well, to be fair, Daggert, Daggert, it's uh, Daggert and Daggett. I now you got Dagger in my head there. Uh, Daggett and Norbert never joined the workforce. They just. 
Got to be cool bros living in a cool bro pad. That was one of the things I liked about this show. Rewatching it, you know, from the mindset of an adult who has to work and, you know, pay bills and all that uh, is just they don't they never work and they somehow have it seems like they don't even have really currency. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, these these things are just here for us and we don't have to work for them. They're just like given to us. That's the kind of life I want to live. I think it's the kind of life we all want to live, man. That it sounds nice. Would be nice. But like they had, like there's the episode where they come back with all the cereal. Presumably they went to oh, a store yeah. and bought or stole it. I mean they're beavers. I, I don't know, maybe beavers are prone to theft. <laughs> that was one of the uh, ones that like uh, do you have more you were going to say on their their cereal thievery? No, no, no. Go ahead. That was just one of the ones that like I remembered pretty well, especially the whole thing of like Norbert clipping out the coupons and stacking them up in nice little piles, and then being like, "Well, you can't, uh, you can't, you know, do this. You can't send them away until you eat all the cereal and that like that giant pile of cereal." And as a kid, I was like, "Yes." Yes, give me that giant pile of cereal for me to eat. And now as an adult, my stomach started hurting thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, I have that problem too where I'll occasionally, like maybe three times a year, I'll think like, man, I could really go for a bowl of cereal. But I know what I mean is I just want a single bowl of cereal (laughs) and I don't want to have to eat the rest of it. Yeah, I have a bowl of cereal um, every now and then, but like my choice of cereal is different now. It is like life cereal or uh, honey bunches of oats, but it's it's right. not it's not like I, I have not had Lucky Charms in years, and I, I'm pretty sure a single bowl would land <laughs> me in the hospital. It's literally pure sugar. Yeah, I mean nowadays it's like granola or like some whole ancient grain, something or other shit. But, you know, what we what we want or what, like, the inner child of us wants deep down is, like, Cookie Crisp and, and Captain Crunch with... Wait, important question. Captain Crunch with or without berries? Berries. Without. Oh, interesting. No, I'm, you have to, you have to have berry, unless it's peanut butter. The For, peanut butter ones are good, too. Yeah, well, I according to, to my younger self, they're good. I used to just love a peanut butter Captain Crunch. But then, like, mm. I tried the real stuff. And the real stuff, like, will tear up your mouth. <laughs> you really got you really <laughs> to commit to a bull. Because uh, you're not going to be eating anything else for the rest of the day. But no That's true. Have either of you guys ever successfully clipped off enough box tops off of anything and, and held it away for anything? No, I'm a total dagger. Daggett. <laughs> Crap. Uh, Daggett. <laughs> when, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I remember... There was like a a program where you did box tops for teachers, and I don't know like if it gave money to teachers or like the teachers could turn them in for like supplies or something. But I do remember my family doing that, and I would like go to school with a little baggie full of those little box top things and, and giving them to my teacher. And now now I realize I was being um, conned out of a street sweeper. I thought that that was the big <laughs> prize. Like the other stuff. Like a robot in a telescope. Like, that's all really cool. <laughs> Norbert's like, it's the thing you've always wanted, your very own street sweeper. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't go, uh, you know, Beaver's Canadian joke with that and made it a, 
Zamboni. Yeah, but then I guess, I mean, I guess they don't live on ice, so why would they have a Zamboni? Um, Why would they have a street sweeper? (laughs) Yeah, also a good question. Also a good Although I wouldn't, I mean, I would not turn my nose up to a street sweeper. I mean, my street could definitely use some sweeping. I I don't. It sounded. It sounded like. I don't know what that was for. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. <laughs> like, I don't think I wasn't even like I wasn't trying to make it seem like you were being suggestive. It was just like a an insert but dumb tush. But really, it was like probably matter of fact for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, there are some streets. I live in a city. They could use some sweeping. If I could make some yeah. cash on the side, great. I speak so sort of I guess related to streets and stuff. The so the beavers live near a town called like way out of town. And I've always liked town names like that. Like I think in, well, like in um, Courage, Curse the Cowardly Dog, it's like middle of nowhere. Or nowhere. Called, they right? just middle, live in nowhere. Just nowhere, right. Yeah. Just nowhere. I, I always like a little you know, play way out of town. Like that's, that's just funny to me. There's I don't no, think I deeper. ever realized that was the name of the town that they live near. Meaning until I was surfing through Wikipedia, I had no idea. I mean, I think even the episodes we watched. Because like the stuff that like you know like the cereal episode they're at their house and then they're at big cereal factory <laughs> you know or in like the disco one you know they're in a city which I don't even know if it's clear if they're in way out of town or not uh, or if it's like a Parks and Rec thing where like it's both a small town and also uh, a somewhat small but large urban environment right. depending it, on the needs of the episode exactly yeah it's as um, big as it needs to be <laughs> yeah um, but still it was funny. Speaking of that factory, uh, I I remember enjoying this as a kid and and rewatching it. I especially enjoyed it was the fact that they had a mail tube directly to just the cereal factory <laughs> and then back from the cereal factory. Yeah, I mean, how else uh, how else did Norbert get that telescope so quickly? Yeah, I mean, how convenient would that be? It's so convenient. I always like I always thought those things were cool and I never had any reason or my family ever had any reason of like using them. You know, you see them at a bank and we never had any reason to use one as a when I was younger. Um, But now I find myself regularly taking my dog to the bank and just staying in the car and using that to get like (laughs) a check to go pay my rent. Um, And (laughs) It's like, man, this, this I'm finally living the dream that I was promised of growing up of you get to do whatever you want. <laughs> you get to send in a, sit in a bank drive through and use uh, a suction so tube. So pneumatic thing, tubes, whatever. yeah. It's still, there's still a part of me, uh, and now that I am becoming a teacher, it will never happen unless, <laughs> unless I work in a really weird school. But there's still this part of me when I was working office jobs that I like wanted to have those tube systems like something about it always seemed so cool it's i'm just saying if jeff bezos could get one of those in every household in america you would, he would you like wouldn't amazon even mind would be the, so would, on top of this you, you wouldn't even mind the giant eye they'd stick on the end of it to like look into our houses and be like cool tubes yeah hey if it gets my dog not to bark at the delivery man i'm i'm willing to i'm willing to take it that's fair. Uh, I was so in my research, I was uh, uh, Daggett's voice was really familiar, and it turns out that he is the voice of Invader Zim, David. Oh, really? Really oh. is. Um, I, I can hear it. He was now. also 
He was also Billy in The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and he was the original Alpha 5 on Power Rangers. What? And Zio and Turbo, uh, which that, that, that blew my mind. Yeah. That, that's Zim? That's, he's Zim. Zim and Alpha 5 are the same person. I'm, I'm out for the rest of the episode. Like, that's, that's knocked me. I get that. Listening to it, I was thinking the whole time, like, oh, is this the same guy that voiced uh, Double D and Ed, Ed, and Eddie? But you're coming in here now and just, like, totally blowing my mind. <laughs> it's you're amazing. Uh, yeah, like, this wasn't anything that I knew either, and I checked it out. Um, he also did the voice of... Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this game called uh, Psychonauts. Yeah. Um, yeah, the sequel literally came out today. I was playing it before I hopped on here with you two. Um, but yeah, he does the voice of the main character, Rasputin, as well. And I feel <sighs> like watching, like rewatching this show, you can kind of, especially like with Zim, you can kind of hear some of the you know, some of the techniques, techniques, I don't know, just being really loud. You can kind of hear it. Like you can sort of hear like the crossover between that, between Billy, between, um, between Dag. Man, I shoot. It's still like, it, it's my, my, my head is just still struggling to, to put it all together. Cause I didn't, I didn't even consider Zim. <sighs> yeah. Boy, I'm glad but then, I'm sitting. But yeah, thinking about it now, it's just like, Oh yeah, he, he got his vocal chops up to be able to just like really loudly. <laughs> he can he can make know. that noise. Yeah, exactly. He needs to. He uh, not him, but now I'm looking. I was trying to see um, the voice of of Norbert Nick uh, Bouquet is his name, and him I know as the voice of uh, Salem the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Which again, like now that I'm thinking about it, I can totally hear it. Yeah. Not only that, but I didn't realize this at all between the episodes we watched, but Norbert's voice actor changes. It's Mitchell Whitfield in the in the pilot and then Nick Bacay for the rest of it. I don't know. So there was a I don't know if we watched the pilot pilot because there was like um, a there was a like short that they made um that I'm not sure that one's yeah, no, that's that's a different one. So I think by the time we know. got to it, it was the cool voice of Nor I can't even do a good Norbert impression. <laughs> but I, I always remember him like being really cool and suave. Yeah, is, is he supposed to be like the 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 dude for like the big Lebowski uh, in yeah, a way? Just kind of oh, like Yeah, I can kinda of see that, yeah. Yeah, he's just like he's uh, the cool one, right? Like he's the one with all the charm and he's the ladies' man. He's always hanging out with Stump, which is a character I forgot about, except for the one episode we watched where Stump appears. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny because uh, I'm not like another reason why I was drawn to this show and wanted to bring it up was that, you know, like, I don't know if either of you guys have siblings, but mm -hmm. um, I have a, bro you know, brother and we always, always kind of like, okay, I'll assign myself to this character. I'll assign myself to that character. So my brother was like, okay, well, I'm Norbert, obviously, because I'm older, and then, which would make me Dag. And uh, rewatching it and thinking about that, there is not a whole lot of crossover with those characters and us. Like, we're like maybe, I'm maybe mildly kind of like Dag, but maybe mildly also kind of like Norbert. Mm -hmm. um, and I could I would say the same about my brother as well. 
Uh, like taking it, a BuzzFeed quiz on your personality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I did it, they'd be like, uh, oh, yeah, you're DAG, I guess, a little bit. Right. You answered more DAG questions, so you're DAG. I think we talked about that with the um, with the Space Jam episode, right, Nick? Like the whole like Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny thing. That's actually why, starting this out, I wanted to claim Norbert before you had a chance. <laughs> I mean, now I'm Nick Dagger, so totally worth yeah, it. Yeah, dang it. I, I tried to be the cooler one, but I, I made you so you much made cooler. cooler. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's a rare treat, honestly. Rare treat. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, I liked um one of... The, was it? No, it must have been the second skit in the first episode, I think, where they stay up all night. Yes. And uh, I, I had... I didn't... I, I loved the gag at the end because I when I was watching it, like I really thought that the gag was just that they kept thinking that they were staying up later and later, but like really it was like ten o'clock. Um, but then it come to find out that in the end the clock was never plugged in, and when they step outside, they find out that they're in the far future. Yeah, and they're like, "How long did we stay up for?" Which I just, I just thought that was great. That was a good gag. I, I did like that because I, I remembered, I remembered the clock being unplugged when I was watching it now, but I forgot that end bit of them going outside and it's, it's the far future. And they did that, a similar thing too, in the one where um, Norbert keeps knocking Dag back into the past. And he, he knocks him like, like three or 30,000 years back in the past into like caveman (laughs) times, but inexplicably like their dam is still there. And it's just, it's a fun, fun. And somehow the calendar like also kept up like you have thousands and thousands and thousands of ways to annoy your brother now and it does have the uh, uh, great line at the end of as soon as norbert evolves <laughs> i'll i'll be able to annoy him that was funny I, that I thought a, it was a, oh go ahead oh i was yeah. i was just gonna ask yeah just you know like just from the the episode of them staying up was that ever anything you i'm sure you guys did that as kids too like uh oh like yeah. my brother and i were always like oh boy friday night that means we can stay up and saturday night oh we're gonna stay up again and sunday night where we will not because school is tomorrow <laughs> new year's eve was always a huge deal as a kid right because that was like the one time a year because even on weekends, you know, it wasn't until like my teens and then I was staying up until like 4 a.m. all the time because you have terrible sleeping habits when you're a teen. Right. But I remember wanting so bad to stay up all night for New Year's and like for a few years not making it, like falling asleep beforehand. That was always really sad to me. I've uh, I think I've stayed up for enough New Year's that I don't ever need to stay up for another New Year's. <laughs> yeah, I got it's, it. I'll save it for like a decade, but that's it. Yeah, I I think like New Year's now for me is a because uh, I remember a, a couple of years ago, uh, me and some friends we were gonna get together and we were gonna like go to one person's apartment and you know we'd hang out for a bit and then we'd go out go on the town just before midnight and you know, go to some club or bar somewhere to bring in the new year. And as we're all hanging out at my friend's house, it's just like, do we just want to stay here? Everyone's like, oh, oh, yes. Oh, please. Can we just, can we not go out? And that like, that was a a switch being flipped for me with New Year's. It's like, I enjoy it now on a much smaller scale with so much less effort than I did, you know, mid-20s where it's like, yeah, it's an excuse to go out and be crazy. It's just like, no, can we just like hang out? 
That's yeah. And just make a lot of food. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Eat food, sit around. So, so every, every event now as an adult, I get, <laughs> I get it. I understand. I really enjoyed the disco episode mm-hmm. largely because it was disco and what a weird musical choice, but also for the extended Beatles parody. Yeah, that was, so that one was probably the one I remember the most from, from my youth, you know, like, like specific scenes from that, especially the one where they're doing the parody of the disco demolition night or yeah. I I mean, I guess either disco demolition night or like when they were, um, people were like burning up all their Beatles records. I mean, people people have been doing this for many many years of just oh let's buy a bunch of stuff from these people that we don't like and then burn them yeah um but i love the part where where uh dag explains like oh uh what i meant was when i said we were bigger than sliced bread i mean we are physically bigger than a small slice of bread (laughs) and everybody's like oh that's reasonable and then just like grab their stuff as it's on fire out of the fire were bigger than sliced bread. I, I only meant we were larger than a slice of bread. See? <laughs> because they're beavers, it's all made of wood. Yeah. Yeah, the eight the eight track is uh made out of <laughs> yes. wood. Um yeah, no, it, it's funny too that like if you look at the like looking at the series overall, it's amazing how to me amazing how much like they pull from 1970s like disco kind of aesthetic to it um and then like the music a little bit too uh and even the even like the way they would talk sometimes or like some of the slang that they would use is sort of a it's like a mix of like 1920s jazz cats and then like 1970s like you know disco disco people Mm. um yeah it was probably yeah probably my favorite episode from when i was a kid which is kind of funny because I like as a kid I remember thinking like man I hate I hate it when they break out in the song I hate it I hate musicals and I hate like musical episodes or whatever but I guess if it's an episode where it's about them making a song and then like making it big that's kind of different yeah yeah I, I get that because it's not just like oh one of them starts singing again so they just sing that the one song over and over until people are are tired of it. Uh, and I also just immensely in, enjoyed the voice of Ted Browman. Ted Browman, who talks oh, like I love that this? Guy. I eat me, <laughs> me. Oh, and the, the, the whole yeah, bigger than Jesus slash sliced bread thing, and like the two lawyers that have to talk to each other, and then when when uh, Daggett and Norbert start like actually fighting, the two lawyers just start slap fighting each yeah. other. <laughs> uh, as and also. Uh, Ah, there's so many so many fun funny jokes in that. But like um when Daggett is uh, autographing it and he's just like going at it for a while, then it's just it's just an X. Yes. Though this this episode featured speaking of their their teeth, because they I mean they, they look like beavers in the sense that they have giant buck teeth, but other than that, they're stylized. You know, if, if hey listener, if you if you've been listening to this and you have no idea what these two guys look like, Google it. Um <laughs> But they like their teeth are attached to their nose, kind of like their snout. Because there's like some shot in that episode where it showed 
Norbert like singing and his head was like upturned and you could see his mouth, but his like buck teeth were a good like six inches <laughs> away from his mouth. And yeah. uh, that was disturbing. I don't know. I wonder if that was an animation error or if they just just didn't know how to how to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I was I I rem- I think I even remember seeing that as a kid and just thinking like that's that's kind of weird. <laughs> hey, that's not how mouths work. Like what if we said what if we said teeth popping out of our face, which brings me back to Digimon because Bergeron makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know the I'll I'll say this the best part about Bergermon if you're like really paying attention is that her size is extremely inconsistent. Um <laughs> they they will they will just make her larger or smaller just to fit in the screen but uh, <laughs> it it's insanely inconsistent and it's something we talk about all the time. Oh and well now we have to watch for that Nick next time we're back oh, on gosh. there. So if you guys if you ever walked into a store uh-huh. Uh, I'm trying to think of stores that actually still sell music now. Um, Fye, I guess. If you walked into an Fye and you saw Beaver Fever, you know, on on a CD or a cassette or a eight track, would you buy it? Was is that was that a must pick up for you guys? Um. Uh, um. Hmm. He's got the Beaver Fever. I mean, now, I uh, in an unironic, ironic way, yes. Uh, did I actually, like, in- enjoy the song? Um, no. I did like the, I did like the Barry White, Bar- Barry, yeah. Barry, Barry White yeah. uh, parody there at the end. And now, now I'm searching Spotify for Beaver Fever and seeing if, ah, uh, baby... Uh, if there's the Angry Earth theme song, no Beaver Fever. However, I have it on a. So there's this comp. So there was this Nicktoons um, CD like soundtrack that had. I mean, it was all like 30, 45 second songs. It was like you know theme songs and and uh, bumpers and songs from like different TV shows and stuff um, that I guess they put out as on a CD and then. Uh, like five years ago, this company called Enjoy the Ride Records pressed it on vinyl. So oh. I had to snatch a copy of that. And it's fun to spin. It's definitely, it's not something you, you know, bust out regularly, but it's definitely fun for like, uh, oh, I feel like having just a blast of, you know, show like songs from Nicktoons, just a blast of it, right? It's like, it's like a big hit of it. And then you kind of just put it away and just think, Okay, that's good. That yeah. was enough for me. Yeah, I feel like if I had that playlist or that CD, I would forget that I had it going one time when like someone gets gets in my car uh, or like comes over and I'm like, oh yeah, let me just like throw something on, and I turn on the speaker, and then suddenly these like Nicktoons songs start <laughs> playing unprompted. It's like, yeah, man, were you ever into that Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah, hey, you're uh- leaving. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I was a big Rocco's Modern Life uh, fan back in the day. That one, I think, stuck with me more. Um, so now that I'm I'm saying that, I'm actually thinking back, and I cannot remember almost anything about that show except for what, what Rocco looks like. Turn turn the page, wash your hands. Uh, heifer being raised by wolves. The episode where a satellite... Oh, Heifer, yeah, yeah, yeah. The episode where a satellite inexplicably crash lands into Rocco's... Um, home and the like the government comes and makes him sign a contract and never mention it 
the the mall episode where they're stuck in there and all Rocco wants is he's got a credit card and they're just running his credit limit up. He just wants a, a sad clown and iron lung. Why are these the things that I remember? Why are these the things that I hold on to? Like this, like the spleen movie from this. And I forgot about their great um, horror movie parodies. Oh my God. Uh, the spleen with the, the opposable thumb that got me. Yeah. And it's like crawling up her arm and it's like, it's like, don't let it get your brain. But it's like, you could just do something about it, which is totally what I think when I'm watching those old horror movies of like, Hey, you know, that thing wouldn't kill you if you just moved. Yeah. Just (laughs) take a step to the left. Oh my God. What do I do? (laughs) I think I remember, um, you know, like what, like when I first watched Angry Beavers, I think I remember, you know, those things and just thinking like, oh, okay, horror movies or whatever. Like, I'm not really into horror movies or B-movies, but re-watching it now, I realize, like, man, they did a really good job at making a parody of this. Um, like, just like the stilted act acting and like the air quote special effects. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, and the, like the animation is a bit different. Um, from like the usual style it's like, even got this like kind of 1950s animation feel to it it's a it's a, it's a nice little touch is there... especially with how um like how much detail they put into like into the human actors as well on television um mm. it's yeah like you could tell that was probably like somebody's favorite part is uh <laughs> oh i love i love b movies i'm really really going into this like okay well i mean we have a deadline like yeah i know hold on yeah well yeah but i i gotta write this movie parody that's going in there like uh, yeah i imagine there's probably one one person in the writing room who is like and and they're watching a b movie on tv it's like no not not this time (laughs) finally he gets one in is there anything that we haven't talked about just as we're uh, starting to kind of wind down here that anybody wants to mention or bring up? Not that oh, I can, did... up, up, not off the top of my head. I I was going to say that, I mean, obviously it's been a long time since I had really watched this show and I only watched a handful of episodes, um, but the beavers weren't angry that often. <laughs> like, <No. laughs> flustered, occasionally frustrated, you know, like understandably Norbert would be um, uh, angry with the way that Daggett was, try, you know, bothering him. Um, but like, it's sort of like general personalities go. Like, I, I thought looking at Daggett, I'd be like, oh, he's just like the constantly angry, like a whatever, you know, beaver. And like, you know, he was maybe sheepish and like, you know, not adventurous or anything like that. But I would say that his default wasn't anger either. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm, they were now more I'm often mad. annoyed and more often than not always on the same side as well, which was uh, probably more than, you know, like like if you guys remember the show Cat Dog, just to bring that mm-hmm. in, you know. Like oh, my they gosh. Were, yeah, I know. I'm glad I didn't pick that show. But, <laughs> like, they were literally connected. But those, like, Cat especially, always angry, like, never got along. Um, these two, it was nice to see that they – would you know get on each other's nerves sure as anybody who shares a space does but otherwise they got it like they generally got along yeah 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 their personalities were different as like kind of most evidenced i would think by the salmon episode 
whether I talk about spawning, but can't can't say what spawning means. Um, but it's like their approaches to it are are very different. Um, in the first episode, I actually like thought that uh, I, I was going to get really annoyed with Norbert because the way that he is in that first episode of just like really like, ah, whatever, man, like it'll be fine. And like Daggett's doing all the hard work and eventually like it works out and whatever. But like, I was thinking like, oh, am I going to be like, am I going to realize now as an adult that I, I underappreciated Daggett? And I thought Norbert was so cool, but he's kind of lame. But like later in other episodes, that wasn't their personalities. And both of them had their charms and times where they were uh, maybe like frustrating uh, from from a you know now at a thirty year old watching this show's perspective, mm-hmm. yeah they they definitely kind of went a little little one note with with Norb on that first episode, but yeah it was definitely nice to to see them kind of pull it back um, pull it back after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a Squidward SpongeBob situation where the one you identify with changes as you get older. <laughs> Now is the time of the show where we ask the question, does this stay in the Hall of Memory or is it worth visiting today? James, you brought it here. So what do you think? So I was watching this show as I was working and uh, which which is kind of where I usually rewatch shows. And watching it, I realized that, you know, maybe it's not as interesting as I remembered, um, which is weird because it has like, to me, it has a lot of similar elements as you'd see in like SpongeBob, mm-hmm. um, you know, like distinctive characters. It was very brightly colored. And and like, honestly, like going into this, I thought like, man, it's, it's kind of amazing that this show, to, there's no memes pulled out of the show. I wonder why. And then watching it now, I realize, oh, okay, well, I think the writing doesn't quite stick with you as much. But that being said, um watching it now, I realize okay, this show is as funny and as as clever as I remember it mm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those shows where you go back and you realize that oh hey, there was this like extra layer of jokes that they put in in the writing or something that was meant it was meant more for like the adults who happen to be in the room and otherwise like everything else is for kids. It's a slapstick show. It's, it's an absurd show. Um, you know, it's like the endings are non sequitur as well. And, um, it's just as over the top as you remember. There's maybe a couple of things that as an adult, you'll appreciate a little bit more, but otherwise like it's, it's exactly how you remember it. So in that way, I would say that if you were, if you just want something on, and uh, something that you can just keep on watch, but you don't have to put your full attention to it. I would definitely say like it's it's definitely worth a rewatch. Hmm. I'm I'm with you. I think almost a hundred percent. I my thoughts on it was like, oh, it's as good as it ever was. Uh, it, there is a little bit of an extra layer to some of to some of like the bits, like the Beatles parody. I didn't get was a Beatles parody as a kid but seeing that it is now didn't didn't necessarily make it funnier it just made it maybe like a little bit more clever and i appreciated a little bit more but everything else we watched i found as amusing as probably i did is like the 13 year old me watching it i was a very i had a very sophisticated sense of humor 
as a, a 13 year old. Um, but I, I didn't get this sense and feeling of like, oh, uh, and by the way, that was like being super facetious in case anybody didn't understand that tone. Um, but I, 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 this wasn't like, oh, finally, like I've revisited the show uh, that like I've been missing all this time and like, great, it's upon me now. And it was just like, yeah, that, that was fine. If I had Paramount Plus and no other streaming service, and I watched through um, everything else on Paramount Plus because it seems like it would take about a weekend uh, from what I was seeing uh, scrolling through there, then yeah, I'd probably give this another go. If I had kids, I wouldn't mind having them watch this if they got to be uh, you know, between like 10 and 13 and, and watched it and were having a good time with it. I would catch an episode with them. But for me, I'm not going to avoid it, but I'm not going to actively pursue it so I think in that way it'll go in in like Hall of Memory, just because it's not something I'm clamoring to get more of. But you know, the Hall of Memory is like a museum. Maybe you wouldn't mind visiting every once in a while. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's something where it was fun to revisit, um, and the show, like overall, like the animation is really strong. Like, um, like James was saying, the um, like the characters are distinct and all of that. Um, so if, yeah, if I had kids or I'd, I'd recommend it, if you have kids, like it's, it's really not that different from a lot of uh, children's animated shows that are still really, that are really popular today. They kind of have that random zaniness. Um, I don't necessarily have a strong compulsion to go back and watch it. Like I, I did chuckle at times and, and, you know, found bits funny and clever and all that. But for me, I feel like I've moved on. So in the sense, like, does it still hold up today? I think it's definitely still uh, a worthwhile kids show, but as far as like reaching beyond its initial demographic, uh, it doesn't do as much for me. I think we're all on the same page there. And I, I, I've mentioned this on the show before, James, uh, you weren't here, but I'm, I'm becoming a teacher. I'm, I'm in school now and I've, I've mentioned that I've noticed kids wearing Rugrats shirts and I've been in school for a couple of weeks now and every day, Every single day, there is a kid wearing a Rugrats shirt, and it is yeah. blowing my mind. I don't understand why these like middle schoolers are all wearing Rugrats shirts. So, so may- maybe this is a, maybe this is a show that still is being enjoyed by middle schoolers. I don't know. You know what's funny is that when I was in college, but like my first, my freshman year of college, I saw a kid wearing an Angry Beaver shirt, and at the time. At the time, like I, I went to college in a different city than like you know where my parents lived, and uh, you know because I was living on campus, I couldn't just uh, use certain sites to download certain things. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, so I was downloading like all of Angry Beavers because I thought like, oh man, yeah, I'll, I'll watch Angry Beavers at college. I never did, but I did download <laughs> all of it. Anyway, I saw this kid in the cafeteria, and I told him. Like I saw a shirt, like, oh man, Angry Beaver's cool shirt. I love that show. Yeah, I'm downloading all of it right now. And he was just kind of like, okay, cool. <laughs> and that I think was the first moment that I realized, okay, I am old enough now that what is nostalgic to me is going to be marketed to me. Um, and you know, like they he probably bought that shirt from like Hot Topic. Um, and it is oh geez, that was maybe like 10 years ago and it has been just more and more of it ever since. Yeah. I do know that they've, there is a new show, by the way, if, 
if Paramount Plus is your only streaming service, I recommend you go get a different streaming service. <laughs> um, the con, like, like the content is fine. It's just that as an app, it's it is absolute oh, garbage. It sucks. Yeah, it is the worst. It is the worst streaming service. We use it once a week to watch um, RuPaul's Drag Race, and it is uh, a hassle every time trying to set it up. But there is a new, yeah. There's like a new Rugrats show on Paramount Plus, and it's like the same voice cast and. I think similar plot points or something, but it's in this 3D animation. Yeah. And if, yeah. If you haven't seen it, I recommend don't seeing it. Don't. Well, just don't look at it. We have a uh, we have a bonus <laughs> show that we do here, and hey, newest episode about uh, Hellboy 2019 is out now. Support us on Patreon to get that, um, where we 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 call it From the Grave, where we look at reboots and remakes and stuff like that to see why uh you know is it is it actually like any good or like why do they try to do this and that's one that as soon as i saw they were making that i was like oh yeah i have to expose myself to this uh in order to do that for the podcast and i know i'm probably going to regret it but i don't regret walking walking watching and talking about angry beavers my brain just combining those words there and listening audience, we want to know your thoughts on Angry Beavers as well. You can reach us on the socials, hit me one more pod, or hit me one more time.com slash contact to find the ways that you can reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. In the meantime, though, James, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you and your work should you wish to be found? Yeah, so, you know, we're on every major podcast platform get the crusts it's exactly what it sounds like and you can also find us on facebook instagram don't bother with twitter because we don't um and on uh, getthecrust.com is our website you can find all of our episodes on there um, we are coming to the end of season two of digimon uh so depending on when this comes out we'll still have a few more episodes of that if you want to if you've been itching to go back and rewatch it um, or season one. And after that, we will, we'll figure it out. I think we might be doing clone high. If that is a show Ooh. that either of you guys know, or any of your audience knows, we'll, uh, be on the lookout for that. Well, awesome. excellent. Yeah. People check that out. And you can of course find, uh, the links to, to get the crests.com in the show notes. So just go there now, click it, check them out. Uh, especially if you are enjoying our, our Digimon content, maybe we'll have to team up with you guys again when we want to do some uh, some more Digimon stuff in the future. But Nick, I will gladly oh. answer any questions that you have to the best of my abilities. Maybe, but yeah, maybe we should just yeah. do that. Like at some point, just have like Nick and I save up all of our Digimon questions and then have you on and you just you try to answer them. That could be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be beautiful. That would be really fun. Nick, thanks for being here. Ah, uh, thank you, David. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art or on Twitter at palblamshazam. If people want to find me, it's Davluz, D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram. Find me there. Listening audience, thank you so much for being here today. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!